Maybe, but not today. Eliminate anyone who gets in our way. Except my progeny. There is no barrier we cannot overcome. It wasn't supposed to be like this. On this Thursday, December 22nd, 2022, uh, the uh, 19th episode of Prodigy's first season, Star Trek Prodigy, uh, uh, Supernova Part 1 has been released. But we are just getting started here on Live Long and Podcast for our breakdown and review. I'm Dave Mater, and I'm joined with a couple of elves here to help uh, to uh, bring in this, um, well, this, this Christmas cliffhanger, if you will. Uh, we got uh, the Vindicator, or the Deadviner himself. Davin. Spoiler alert. Yes. Um, spoilers. Spoilers ahoy. Uh, my progeny. Here. My progeny. Uh, the progeny is now an orphany. Um, and then we also have Jessica Chan with us tonight. How are you doing tonight, Jessica? Hello, I'm good. Yes. Um, I'm, I have thoughts. <laughs> yes. And, and um, you know, we're, we're breaking down a two-parter here as we did earlier this year. A year ago, almost, when we talked about a moral star, part one and part two. Uh, oh, was this part one? This is part one. So we have. A oh, I didn't notice that part. Okay, yes. crazy. So there's 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 a, there's a sequel to come here in this two-parter. Um, and so yeah, like let's talk about what our how we reacted to this episode and uh, maybe what stood out. Uh, let's go to Davin first. Davin, is this does this two-parter end of the season? Yes. Oh, Michael Chan like. with us in the comments. He has thoughts. Oh, Michael Chan has thoughts. And he was like, what's what's with the start the show already? Well, we had some technical difficulties, Michael. Um, Davin was hearing statics and buzzes arise. So we were trying to solve those things. I don't know if we ever uh, did that. But uh, he said there, there was technical good. difficulties or there was something more serious than that going on. With this space bug. Mostly with me. <laughs> um. Uh, and do we call in Ontario? Do we call the day before Christmas Eve something? Sam wants to talk about Tibbs. Oh. We don't get time for that right now, Sam. We talked about Tibbs on my last show. Tibbs? <laughs> Tibbs. It, don't get him started. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, they call it no. Christmas Eve something in, in Newfoundland? Okay. Get with the program, D Man. Okay, well, we got it. We, we got. How did you not know that this is that, that this ends the season? Oh, because I rely on Dave for those types of things. Michael C.W. Chan. <laughs> is he from the CW? I, or is he on the CW? Yes. No, no, that's his uh, my, that's, his, that's my, his middle name. Oh, CW is this, his middle name? This uh, is a, a good first half to what seems like it's going to be a good Star Trek 2 part. I liked this episode. Um, I like seeing these things. All the ships, yeah. We got we got some ship porn, if you will, in this episode, and we'll break that down in our screenshots. Uh, Jessica, what were your thoughts on this um, <laughs> on this episode? I mean, I, I I thought like it was visually cool, and I I liked the teamwork, but like as always with these things, it's just kind of frustrating that pretty much everything they've done up to this point was totally pointless. It accomplished nothing. Last mm -hmm. episode accomplished nothing. Like yes. it was inevitable. So like really the whole season didn't matter. They could, it's like Yeah. Well <laughs> frustrating. Yeah. For their character growth. Their character growth was the journey. Yes, that was the part. But like in terms of them trying so hard to prevent it, it just didn't matter at all, which was frustrating. Um, right. It's rising though. 
Well, they're they're also trying to prevent. Like I didn't see that coming. They're, they're tr- like the um, the vindicator and now the dead viner, but their plan was to change the timeline, right? Like to change history. So um, we'll Which see. They must I- have Ooh. they must have failed because Gwen still exists. Yeah, because right? that would create a paradox <laughs> if if you change the past, like then Gwen would cease to exist. But yeah, that would be something to play out here yeah i'm not quite sure and and chakotay has yet to go through the temporal vortex and the protostar is out there somewhere right so all of that but if but the, okay but like i don't the timey-wimey of it all if they <laughs> in, in branch in branch timeline theory that's all fine because those incursions into space time just created a branch universe that has a gwyn so so Gwen's still there. But then you can just return to your original changed timeline. You know, if you believe in that sort of thing. Well, yeah, like Star Trek's been all over the place with its time travel, uh, and it's 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 time changing of the past and what matters and what doesn't. But yeah, it was just like but if the if the protostar doesn't go back in time, then how can it infect the fleet in the first place to prevent this first contact and i don't know i don't i i'm not an expert in temporal mechanics go back and watch endgame the hulk explains it perfectly <laughs> yeah endgame the voyager uh, finale or endgame uh, the avengers no one? the yeah. avengers one the hulk he explains it perfectly yeah i i get you because so that those time travel rules uh which is kind of similar to this other show i've been watching called um peripheral have you guys seen that show at all no it's with um hick girl from kick-ass um oh, what's yes. her name um and chloe moretz that's it chloe yeah. Moretz, yeah and uh she and, and it's interesting that they, they're dealing with time travel stuff but you can't actually change the past it creates divergent timelines and stuff and i won't spoil it any more than that but I seem to recall a few years ago there was actually someone who did the math on it like for real not like on a show and he, he explained that time is self-correcting so like you couldn't really change the past it'll just kind of naturally flow back to whatever it was going to do in the first place and that's why time travel is possible i think i seem to remember some guy calculated i don't know how you calculate that stuff but well the vulcan science uh, directory always says time travel is mm-hmm. impossible but you know who, who are they to say um uh, i know i've got that somewhere uh in the recent clips uh oh, where is he yeah our science directorate has determined that time travel is impossible. So let's uh, let's run through the, the episode uh, shots. Uh, of course, it's the first part of Supernova. There was no Supernova in this part. So I'm assuming that's leading up to something else that's, that we're, we're coming up to. Uh, it could have to do with the with the protostar having a small star inside of its core. And maybe that will go Supernova. I'm a little curious. But uh, written by Aaron McNamara is the uh, the writer of this particular episode, and uh, and directed by Andrew Schmidt. So yeah, let's break it in, and we start off here with where we left off the last episode. Basically, the protostar surrounded by a not so welcome wagon of Starfleet vessels, um, and Janeway's in the brig because uh, Dal was in her body for the, all the last episode, and. It kind of it kind of um, hurt her uh, her cred in the, with the crew. Um, we see this uh, young ensign uh, security officer who's been assigned to um, guard her. 
I thought it was interesting that we'll find out that this uh, this is actually uh, one of the refugees from many years ago. Is this episode one of is, my favorite episodes? Is it Counterpoint? It is Counterpoint. Yeah, we're all yeah. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> that guy, uh, he's hilarious. Yeah, and like yeah, but Kashuk. at this point, yeah, yeah Kashik, yeah, and all that. Yeah, it's a good episode. Um, and yeah, that she's one of the Brunali. Is it Bernalis? Mm-hmm. Um, refugees yeah, that they, she helped. Yeah. She helped escape um, in that episode. So she's a telepath because they they uh, persecuted yes. telepaths. Right. It was it was like telepath minority in this in this species, and they were persecuted, and that was kind of so like... funny. She doesn't mention that here, and they could have, if, but they probably didn't want to get into the backstory of it. But she could read Janeway's mind to tell if she was telling the truth. True, true. Yeah, depending on her level of power, her te- her telepathic powers. Can I just say this episode is a huge ups and downs of animation for me. Like Janeway's face always gets real derpy whenever they have her talk. And yeah, I don't like the animation. It, it, then I I feel like because the only thing they did to show that that she's aged is make her face puffy for some reason, like not wrinkles, not. not they just made her slightly puffier in the puffier in the jaw. and gray streak yes i don't know why they went that route like but this is only six or seven years after the events of voyager the show ending so it's uh it's a bit curious uh she's not that much older than when we last saw her but um one thing i like about the animation in this show is the ships and there's tons of that there's tons of that ships look good and some of the characters i like more than others and sometimes, like these characters look better, but yeah, I'd say that the Jane, when Janeway's talking, sometimes I'm like, "Ugh, that doesn't look good." Um, but like hologram Janeway looks fine, so that's why I think. Peter. Yeah, so I think it's the aging. Uh, that's what they messed up because she she looks great. Yeah. So it's just a weird choice of how they choose to show the age between the two. It's just odd. Yeah, I guess I mean that's what it's throwing me off. But anyway, you know, she's been brought back online here, and she sees that the living construct is going to infect things and so they can't answer the hails they're still in this like uh thing and they're like well don't worry admiral jadewell will explain everything and dal explains well yeah i might have i might have made her not so um left her left her in such a good place they probably won't believe anything she says he's kind of suffering and uh we see commander tysis here in command of the um what's the ship called the dauntless and uh, oh, and good old Jellico, uh, Admiral Jellico on the horn saying, You, you better like take Lord. over the ship, get it done. Get my, it done, he should have said. I can't believe they didn't have him say that. <laughs> my question with this whole scene was frustrating was like, Who, why is Essentia have so much power? Just some ensign waltzing around the bridge telling everybody what to do, and they're like, Yeah, you do that. Like, she's an ensign. <laughs> Yeah, she like it's weird that Tysis is okay with this. Um, and he's you know, she's like, Hey, can I take an away team over to the pro star? And he's like, Yes, do that yesterday. I love it. Because <laughs> so, I'm glad, and he's like, Okay, go do it, go do what the admiral said. And so, you know, now all of a sudden she does evil smirks when she walks away. She didn't do that before. Yeah, uh, well, you got to indicate, you know, evil. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like this is frustrating. It's like it's like young Wesley or like Harry Kim just waltzing around the bridge and telling everyone what to do. Like, why would that be okay? Very it was, at least Harry like is the most competent one on the bridge and saves them time and time again. True, but yeah, yeah. But, uh, well, 
but the, to, to in order to board the the protostar they have to like get its shields down so they so we see the the dauntless firing here on the protostar and uh they're like uh oh we can't get out of here uh, i think they're like we're gonna hot hot wire the ship is their plan here um and you know they're getting jank and pog on things yeah they're like we're running right yeah he's like i don't i can't get the protostar drive going without something um so he's they're, they're trying to get him down here but he's like i like this or he's like i can fix it and you know he's on i like jank and pog I'm a, I'm a fan of this character but as a chief engineer anyway so they're getting fired upon some more here zero is trying to figure out how to get out and then they start just flying around this is where like the ship is just flying around all the ships it was hard to get screenshots of this stuff because it's very like you're seeing it from the camera point of view although i liked some some of this animation here they're mostly just avoid you know we see how the protostar is just this really really small ship almost can see it in comparison there to the defiant um Dabbing. some real slick maneuvering it's like it's even smaller than the defiant i would say by quite a bit yeah, yeah it's maybe the same but length it does that I... slick move where it just kind of pulls up and backs right off like stuff you could do in space and stuff i like that they had it <laughs> what did jankum call his move the <laughs> oh the dipsy doodle dipsy doodle. The, sli the slippery slippery dipsy doodle we'll see it <laughs> Yeah, but I the fact that the ship is so small makes it so maneuverable in among yeah. amongst these bigger ships, um, and avoiding their things. Although I was like, these these are really bad targeting um, with their phasers here, but that's all right. Um, and so they're trying to get away here. They're just flying around, trying to I guess kill time is what they were trying to do throughout all of this until they could figure out the next thing. Someone so, even shot a phaser at them or a torpedo at them, and that misses. But it's like when you see it, it's like following them. Oh, yeah. And, that's great. And, and this is the part in the episode where Dal's like, Don't worry, guys, we're gonna get through this, and then we can join Starfleet Academy and join Starfleet. And then this is where Gwen, you know, the information she learned from Janeway last episode that because Dal is a human augment, he would be not permitted in Starfleet. So Gwen quickly changes the subject here when Rock Talk brings it up. And uh, they're like, they, so they kind of cover, although she will explain this to him uh, shortly after. So we see here, yeah, the protostar is flying by the windows of the Dauntless and the other ships that are present continuing this thing. We see a shot of that. That's the centaur there. My, my uh, question is, did they need to be... So oh, I guess we haven't gotten there yet. I just... Are, did they need to be in proximity of the ship for it to, or like for this to work or like if they fly away now, it would have been fine. But right. like, but once it's open, will it infect? Like if those infected ships hail another ship, will they yeah, it's like a virus. catch the virus? So yeah. even after that, if they managed to get away, it wouldn't matter. Right. Like it wouldn't. Right. No, damage the damage, done. the damage is done as soon as one of these ships is infected. Okay. Um, yeah, that was its whole end game is to infect like the entire Federation through that. Mm -hmm. right. and it might yeah. succeed that was kind of the cliffhanger we're yeah, left just, with um it's pretty crazy yeah jank and pog getting things going they're just killing time here until they can get their proto drive going is sort of the plan but they get fired upon some more here different yeah these um, ships these ships these ships you know janeway talking to the, the young ensign here the bernali she's like you don't know me you don't know anything about me she's like you're wrong admiral i do know you you saved me once in that episode. 
that yeah. I love this scene because I love that episode. So yeah, it's a good episode. I was like, what a call extra back. points. And it's yeah. it's actually I got a DVD set many years ago. Uh, it was called like the captains, and it was like amongst that DVD set was each captain's like favorite episode of their own, and and Cat Kate Mulgrew's favorite episode is Counterpoint of her of her. It's great. Music's great in it. Yeah. So. Um, and so she's like, I do know you. I was one of those people. And then she lets her out of the cell here, and she's like, You're not crazy. I can see that. Um, and then you know, gives her the gives her the com badge. <laughs> And she's like, all right, now I can get back to work. I, I wondered know. what... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just like, why didn't Tysus come down here and talk to her at all? You know? I, I, don't, uh, I, uh, I was also wondering with this scene, I was like, it was a way for her to get out of the bridge, but I was like, well, because Asensi is obviously gone now, so is this the Sterler setting up the replacement for her? Here's another female ensign. We'll just slaughter in next time. What was William Shatner's favorite episode of his own? Um, I can't recall, actually. Uh, it wouldn't be um, the Simon Earth, though, I don't think. Uh, but maybe I'm wrong. But You know, I'll... I haven't been too impressed with that Tysus as a first officer as of yet. No, he's no Chakotay. You know? No. Chakotay's a great first officer, man. In comparison, yes. Um, yeah, so more of the, uh, the photos are flying around. Um, you can see the, the Defiant. Defiant is the, is the next smallest ship, and so it kind of gets on its tail here, Davin, and is, like, pursuing them, you know? We get some, some interesting shots of, the, of that. This isn't just oh, a, It's not even just oh, the Defiant. It's THE Defiant is here. So who's piloting it? I wonder who's, uh, who's in charge who's of the Defiant can't. at this part. Yeah, I, yeah, like, that's so amazing. I mean, it's probably like what Kira? Maybe Kira missions still. Yeah, like it depends. Like where things are left on D Space Nine at the end of that show is unclear. Like Kira, basically whoever's there leading the Kira. the Starfleet side. So like, I guess Esri. <laughs> so I don't know. It's not O'Brien. 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 at the end of the at end of D Space Nine. O'Brien leaves. And so does well. Cisco obviously leaves, and Worf leaves, and um, and so who, who's left? You got Bashir and Ezri and Eddington. No, he died. And Kira. <laughs> and Kira's not. Be good. I mean, if it comes into play, Bashir would be good because he isn't a fellow augment that was allowed in Starfleet. So that would actually, yeah, be that a... would be an interesting tie-in if they bring in uh, Sadig El Fadil or Alexander Sadig or whatever be, name he goes by now. That'd be amazing. Yeah, if they can tie bring him into the show, that would be cool because, uh, yeah, he does have that that story of a he, he was the uh, one exception that we know of uh, that was allowed into Starfleet. Um, anyway, so yeah, they're like, excited to see the defunct. Yes. This is where Gwyn's like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go give us a fighting chance, and so she's planning to like fly over and stop things. And Dal tries to stop her, and she's like, No, I have to give us a fighting chance, and so she's trying to do the whole like sacrifice um move here and so you know dal follows her as she's getting ready for her assault you know and so she's 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 dwelling on this information about how she you know dal being an augment isn't gonna be allowed in starfleet um but you know she's talking about some of the some of the some of the um things she says to him here are a bit ambiguous so it's kind of um misinterpreted the moment gets misinterpreted guys and we end up here um, with a big smooch. Uh, uh oh. So, what was your reaction, Jessica, to this? 
<laughs> I kind of got distracted for a second that I looked up and I was like, whoa, what's happening? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Was she wasn't of... expecting it. She, what, she didn't think it was a moment. Davin, what were your thoughts on this? I was glad just because there was the whole will they won't they thing sort of with those two. And I don't yeah. like when things just bubble under the surface too long like that. Because then it's just like, uh, get on with it. So I'm glad they moved that plot along because that one had simmered long but enough. But she, she kind of shuts him down, though. So, but and we don't really know. She, we don't know if that's because she really wants to tell him or she doesn't feel it or it's not the time. Yeah. I don't little... think she feels it, but who knows? I thought that they do. They at least have a, a strong bond, these two. And and sure. uh, but is it romantic? I don't know. They keep flirting with it, but it's hard to say. Like so, I guess will they? Won't they? What? What? Which? Whichever one it is, decide. It's just uh, it's just prison respect, like O'Brien and Echar. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, is this just prison respect? You know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so she tells him no. Uh, so it, it quickly becomes uh, not about this kiss. It becomes about, oh, your dream of joining Starfleet? Is, 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 yeah. It's like, way to kick him when he's down. I rejected you. I don't want you to kiss me. Also, by the way, by <laughs> just the way, crush, crush your dream after that. all that, too. Yeah. So she's like, they're there. They're there. Um, but so <laughs> <laughs> this battle continues. The, the protostar continuing to be hammered by phaser fire. A couple of those new ships we saw last time, too. With the yeah. really low, wide nacelles. With the Centaur and a few of the other ones. Yeah, yeah. the Centaur. Mm. Yeah, we're going to see more of that. Don't worry, there's lots of ship shots. What's, mm. that, one on, what's that one on the right? The the big, long... This one? Uh, up up higher. Yeah, what's that one? Oh, that's an Akira. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. it's, just, it lo it's not as long as you think. It just looks kind of long in that angle, but... Oh, yeah, because it looks like a cruise ship in the shot. Yeah, it's kind of just, yeah, it's not a great uh, image of it. But, yeah, I'll point that out from another angle you hear. But basically, like, Dal's like, well, now, now I have nothing to live for. I can't join Starfleet, but you can. So I can be the one to sacrifice <laughs> myself, you know, um, and do, do that. Meanwhile, Essencia heading to her boarding party mission with these two guys. Um and then she just activated. Looks like a shot of the Star Trek Online there of the, yeah, right there. That looks right out of the video game. Yeah, and this transporter room looks a lot like what we saw in Discovery, um, too, uh, in, in sort of like its design. It's an interesting looking transporter room. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Essencia effectively in activates her Vindicator DNA thing. And right before her eyes, she turns into the Vindicator. Um, I, I was like, why did she choose this moment? Um, yeah, I thought that too. I was like, wouldn't it have just made sense to not do over? That? But does that does she give extra strength from like when she unveils herself? Like, are they supposed to be super strong or something? Maybe that's why. Maybe, but yeah. Mm -hmm. So they're just like, "What? Who are you?" And then she just starts like fighting them and knocking them out. Uh, they should have known from those non-uniform code boots that she just mm -hmm. got kicked in the head. You don't need and gloves. What is gloves. this? Yeah, what is this? Is that an expedition in Antarctica or something? This is a Starfleet ship. Yeah, exactly. That's why we have uniforms, guys. So we know the imposters. So uh, mm -hmm. let's always remember. Anyway, and who's so, going to die? Yeah, and then 
I guess they. Oh well, I guess they. She also needs to beam over with Dreadnought and uh, and Vin, and Diviner. So I guess that's why they chose this moment. So and and, and, and Dreadnought just judo chops this guy and he goes down. <laughs> Boom. Do the job anyway, and then she's they're like, okay, but like, let's let's stand get anybody who gets in our way, eliminate anyone who gets in our way, except my progeny, she's one of us, of course, progeny. of course, my, my progeny, progeny. yeah, they beam over and they're starting to get ready for the fight. And I think, oh, yeah, intruder alert, so so they're all the bad guys are here. And they're messing around. And uh wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Go back, go back, go back, go back, go back. Remember how huge Diviner was compared to like other people? Diviner? Yeah. That, that like, shot of the Diviner. Yeah, right there. Remember he was like he's like two feet taller than like any Starfleet officer. And she's just as tall as him now, but Essencia wasn't. Wasn't that tall. So maybe she grew in height when yeah. she changed her genetics? didn't look like it though yeah like but, i don't yeah. know like it might just be this angle too but um yeah he is tall but even dreadnought's even taller he doesn't even his head can't even fit in the uh the shot <laughs> yeah there and, he is uh jank and pog very short in comparison uh to most people so yeah there's kind of like this fight within the protostar here a phaser fight that you know they're they're just going at him and they're avoiding uh some phasers here continues and then dreadnought goes into full like tactical mode here you know to take on the uh the crew or the protostar and this is where they'll ultimately not do so well yeah he can block i forgot that he could block phasers with his thing you know he's going out he can to be pretty formidable in this yeah yeah and so they're not they're they're you know even rock talk being strong here but they're trying they, they fought a dreadnought before so it's they're not completely out of their depth here but meanwhile the diviner and the vindicator are going around the ship while that's distracted and then they run into hologram janeway that's a quick one for them to say uh i'm a i'm, I'm in senescencia take off the hollow emitters and they're like see you never all right bye-bye hologram janeway meanwhile gwen kind of hiding here behind the, the the column you know and ultimately as they're like oh, now we will get our revenge on the starfleet you know and so uh they're fighting dreadnought some more here while this is all happening yeah like how jankabog shoots the phaser and he's like more just annoyed by the phaser and he takes <laughs> out jankabog uh and then he throws Andy the grab bomb. The gravity bomb, the gravity mine, which I thought was an, uh, I don't think, have we ever seen anything like this before it happened? Like, Star, Star Lord has one. Star Lord, <laughs> yeah, I guess in Star Trek specifically. I don't think, it's yeah, a cool idea. I don't think so. It makes yeah. sense, like, to use in a world where you have artificial gravity to weaponize that, you know, to an extent. extent. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, and, and so, yeah, like, you knew what it was right away. <laughs> Yeah, they knew what it was, so they were familiar with this. And meanwhile, Dal's taking on uh, Dreadnought, and he's not doing so well. Zero pops in here, and he just like Dreadnought just throws this like electric electrocution thing, and you know he's got an answer for everybody here. See the diviner, he's getting the ultimate construct going. He's ready to do some divining, 
and some uh, but my I, something's going on with my progeny upstairs. I think, you know, I think I sense my progeny. Anyway, Gwen then confronts Asensia and says, you know, you can't, you can't do that. And the progeny. Hey, don't hurt my progeny. We, we agreed on the when we were beaming over, you would not hurt the progeny. She's one of us. But Asensia doesn't necessarily care about that you know we see also like that this energy that they're able to activate sometimes jessica with like the the bright the bright blue um yeah like have they done that before i don't think so or have they explained what it does oh no i think it's the it's controlling the whatever the, the connection input. to that thing is the yeah to the yeah. weapon right the heirloom yeah. weapon yeah which with essentia has her own and and uh, Gwyn has the one that belonged to the Diviner, I guess. He gave it to her. Hence um, the heirloom, yeah. And so, yeah, they're having like a little bit of a, a sword fight here uh, that goes on. You know, they're they're very kind of matched in skill. Uh, I don't know what... Was Dreadnought trying to kill him? Oh, yeah, and then Murph, Murph pops <laughs> into the fight here. He's the security officer. He should have been there earlier. Yeah, he was he was sleeping on the job. But yeah, he's uh, this was fun, you know. Murph's Murph uh, doing his different moves, kicking Dreadnought, spanking his butt, spanking his oh, butt. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. That. this is all intercut with the fight between Asensia and Gwyn. Uh, yeah, she even gets like the little cut in on her face here or a look on her eye. Oh, how dare you get me, progeny, you know. Murph, Murph playing around here with Dreadnought. You know, uh, sticking out his tongue at him, slapping his butt. <laughs> Murph's having a great time. He just hit them with a cold blast. So this is Murph's yep. weakness, I guess, is is uh, the cold blast. Uh, even though he's indestructible, that's kind of his weakness. For a second, uh, I thought he was just going to shatter, and I was going to be like, no! <laughs> that would be that would be a devastating. And then that he ultimately um, Dal here with like this the hook around the, the throat, which goes in the wall. So the whole the whole crew, uh, minus maybe Gwyn, not doing it, all incapac incapacitated at this particular yeah, moment. I guess he's not all bad because it's not like he went back. He could have easily just killed all of them at this point. <laughs> so... You dreadnought? Yeah, I mean they're all incapacitated. You could just take him yeah. out. Yeah. Well, why why is he holding back? Yeah, I guess it's, how it's... very Bond villain of him. <laughs> right. Um, you know, uh, we see here the mustache a little. More shots of the, these two fighting. We see some wide shots. Uh, you know, Gwen Gwen's getting. Yeah, almost having some fun with it. Getting her licks in there. Getting her licks in. And then, like, Essentia goes into, like, full energy mode Progeny. here. Progeny mode. And she, she, her weapon splits into two. And then she really starts taking the fight to Gwyn in a more, like, ferocious manner. Uh, where Gwyn's having a hard time, like, keeping up with it. You know, starting to lose. And then, I don't, whatever, I don't know what Diviner was supposedly doing down here. <laughs> what is he doing? What is he doing? Like the weapon's already armed. Like so. Okay, maybe we'll find out in the next episode, and we're not supposed to know he's doing. Maybe, but it was kind of a mystery. Else. While like this epic battle is happening up, up just uh, in the upper level, he's just kind of like, "What? Um, is that my progeny? Hey, don't don't hurt my progeny." He's down there making new progeny. <laughs> yeah, and then he so so she uh, vindicator uh, Sensi here ends up taking Gwen as a hostage. 
you know, he's like, no, don't do it. She's like, you need to help me. We'll open up a communications channel and release the weapon. So he starts doing that, uh, heading that way, and then has a change of heart. He goes, but you know, the heirloom, before it was Gwyn's, it was mine. So he's able to, like, he flips it at Asensia, but she just catches it, and then she flips it right back at him and kills him with it. Where she stabs him with it, he'll die in the next few minutes. So, you know, and, and Gwen's no father. I was like, I don't know. I wasn't feeling too sad for him. I, we, yeah. I felt like this show has always been really good and very efficient, but this like kind of change from from the diviner was not fleshed out well, I think. Like we saw that he had some sympathy for Janeway, but he still seemed last we saw him committed to the cause. Yeah. But now just to flop on it after like how many twenty something years just seems a bit. Well, yeah, I don't know. It, it is the it is the Darth Vader redemption uh, that we kind of mentioned. Like they were going to try to give him a little bit of redemption here, but I don't. Even in Darth Vader's case, uh, I don't necessarily think it's a great redemption. He ultimately saves his son you know luke skywalker at the end of return of the jedi and throws the emperor down the tube but uh and this is kind of the same thing but he's doing it because he's like i love my progeny not because he's had a change of heart or he sees the light or whatever you know it's it's, it's but he kind uh, of does at this point or i guess we're not quite there yet but he says like maybe you can unite them like find them and make sure the civil war doesn't happen kind of thing which, right. That's a lot to put on a kid. She's, but... like, no. She's like, I don't know how to do that. He's like, there's nothing my progeny can do. Don't worry. Not my progeny. Okay. Yeah. progeny. My progeny. Right. So progeny. Uh, just as Janeway gets to the bridge, though, this is where they're like, hey, she's like, hey, don't open communications with the protostar. And she's like, hello. Now I you will I will watch the Federation burn. Like I watched your planet go down. And we see the ultimate construct, um, or is that what it's called? The living construct? Mm -hmm. Living construct. Yeah. And we see it, it spreads here. It does its little poof, and all the ships get the hit with the red wave. And they turn, they turn red. Their lights turn red. This is how we know they're infected. Um, as is, of course, tradition. As is tradition. And so there's a little bit of a, a moment here, but we know it's not good. Those ships. Those ships. All those ships, all in red mode. Uh, this is that one you were asking about before. Um, oh, yeah. It's, de it's definitely yeah. not as stretched out as it seemed on that one shot. Thundershot or Kira. There's like one here and one here too. Uh, let's see. The Dauntless is infected and uh, it's not looking good. There's kind of like this moment like yeah. Sensius. Given the thing, you. So it's a good looking ship. It takes a minute here. Yeah, there's the centaur. That one with the oh, yeah. P cells. Yeah. And then the ships turn on each other and then they start firing and we see the devastation and people are dying uh, in these moments. Um, the casualties. That one almost looks like a. Uh... Like it's an, sovereign an enterprise, yeah, an enterprise E there. Oh, yeah, that's a that, yeah, that's like the same class as the Enterprise E, sovereign yeah, class. Yeah. Uh, the USS Sovereign will show up later in the episode. Uh, it's the one that shows up, oh, which we, we can presume was the first of its class. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, 
And there, here's another shot of this Thunder Child more close up. Or sometimes called a Kira class. They're kind of like it's an Kira class. The Thunder Child is just this one I have here. This is the U.S. Thunder Child. What the Thunder? What's the difference between the Thunder Child and a Kira? Like a Thunder Child is just longer or something. Um, I don't think there is a difference. It's just a variant. I just think it's the name of one of the Kira classes. Yeah, in Star Trek Online, you can they're they're kind oh, of really? interchangeable. A little, there's a Kira and there's Alita and there's Thunder Child and okay. they're all they're a little bit different, but they're they're not that different. Um, and so, and we see the actual Defiant, you know, here. And anyway, so I like this on this in this next scene. This is where they they're all all the crew, Dal and Rock Talk and all of them. They're all trapped still from their thing with Dreadnought. And so, you know, they have to do some problem solving here, you know. And so ultimately, it's Rock Talk who, who look at the big brain on the Brickar. Uh, where she's like, give me your tool, Jankum. And she's able to use the fire from his tool to thaw out Murph. And then once Murph's thawed out, he can help Zero and take off this uh, this item. Hey, we're some, problems. like, it's, this is, no, this is a Prome the Prometheus, but they had some of those in that shot with the pointy nose. I think, so yeah, like you're right. Actually, I, I'm pretty sure I saw there. I think we saw a California class belt. come in at the end too. I'm gonna, I'm gonna Yeah, I think a California What's class, class doing in a fight like that. Well, they were showing Jeez. up to help to give aid. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then he throws the weapon here at the gravity mine, and he's able to take it out. So I like a little bit, of, a quick little bit of teamwork here from the team. Uh, now teamwork in, makes the dream work. <laughs> teamwork. Uh, anyway, and so then uh, up here on the bridge, they confront Asensia and Dreadnought with the divine or dying. You know, and they're like, "Well, we don't have time to deal with this." So, anyway, stop what you're doing. Um, I, 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 you know, the divine, the vindicator. Oh, I can't. I can't. I'm like, well, you're gonna pay. You're gonna pay for this. She's like, "Oh, maybe, but not today." I like her way better than the diviner. She's, She's a, a better villain than the villain. diviner. Yeah. Um. So I'm. I am enjoying. I agree with you on that. Yeah. I'm like. I. I'm. I'm ready for him to have move on and see where you know because. A little, little less history with her, but you understand how committed and how uh, vindicated she seems to be. Uh, anyway, so she escapes here in this in, inside the Dreadnought pod that forms and just pops out of the top of the bridge, which, of course, creates a whole bridge um, and a vacuum of space. So they're holding on, but that, that seals up relatively quickly, fortunately for them. Um, and after that, they kind of start. They deal here with the with the vindic or the diviner. I'm sorry, dying, you know. And he uh, this this line was kind of like stood out to me. It wasn't supposed to be like this. It was supposed to be exactly like this. This is exactly yeah. what you did uh, and planned to do. He sucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't really understand. Like all of a sudden, he seemed like shocked. Like, oh, this is too much. I was like, you were so fully committed. You almost let your daughter die just like it's see it happen. And that wasn't like decades ago. That was what, like two months ago, maybe in stuff. Right. Yeah. And so she has this kind of Luke Skywalker goodbye to him, you know, uh, sort of thing where, you know, and the crew is like, I guess this is sad that this guy who turned us into child slave labor is going out here. Um, but you know, I think they're just sad for Gwen, not they're not sad for, for him, Gwen. yeah. And um, uh, you know, so he dies here, and then um, 
he when he dies he turns into energy guys for some reason yeah. uh, so interesting thing about their species and we see this play out gwen doesn't gwen doesn't really know a lot about her people or history or planet so she's not totally expecting this uh but well, that she's an orphan is this officially a christmas episode might be yeah well it's out of, oh, just before christmas but she seems to like absorb that right the energy like goes into her and so did she i was like well i feel like there's gonna be more to this uh in in the future my power my progeny is what he should could we said. could we see like the the diviner becoming part of her consciousness or something like that right. that would be quite intrusive it would be Especially... I guess it depends on how they. I mean, she's a clone of him, right? Or sort of like taken sort from. Yeah. So I guess that depends on how they would do that. It seemed like he created her. It wasn't like a birthing anything. So I guess maybe they're just rejoining whatever could be how how it was that she was created in the first place. I guess. Maybe yeah. Like we'll see if we can find out more information or what her absorbing that is going to mean or not like i'm just curious I'll see what they'll what they'll do with that in the future uh they, they end up getting hologram janeway back online she's like hey did everything work out oh no and then she kind of sees here all the ships tearing everything apart um they don't know what to do yeah this is kind of worst case scenario and then um you know jank ontario yeah, can you start using words I understand? Because the universal translators, I think, are what go, go out here next, right? Mm -hmm. And the admiral's like, abandon ship, uh, but nobody understands her. Except maybe, I guess, maybe humans on the bridge would perhaps uh, if they speak English. But yeah, commander. She does call it standard. She calls it standard. She doesn't say, "Good, you speak English." Yeah, the galactic standard. What's the yeah? So you speak standard. Uh, I guess Tysus doesn't speak standard. He speaks Andorian or some variation of that. So he's uh, he, he was no help there. And then um, but good thing that uh, that Gwen has this backstory where she's a linguist. Um, so he's here that, you know, uh, we can't understand Rock Talk. Rock Talk's speaking that growly Brickar language, which apparently also <laughs> Gwen can speak, which is handy. Um, you know, please. She's like, my and then she can also speak Tellarite uh, as well, you know. And so she's going to go around. She's like, my father taught me to use languages to divide species. I'm going to use them to unite them. Novel idea. Get on here. Oh, good. You speak English. Do we all speak English? Just the standard. Just, just standard. Yeah, it's referred to. I, I have this question. So, like, they're speaking standard. Standard. Because uh, I was watching Brave New Worlds, but then sometimes the Vulcans spoke Vulcan words with the standard. So what are we supposed to interpret that as them saying? Yeah, because I'm it's like extra Vulcan. They're speaking like really Vulcan that time. They're speaking like the old Vulcan, you know. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's got an e on the end. Um, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, languages. Everything like with the languages and. Uh, only the one, only in Klingon, do they, does that seem to in Vulcan sometimes. I think you see that kind of thing. I think um, they made a joke on that in Doctor Who. They're like, "What if you speak the lang like if you if you speak the language when the thing is already translating for you?" And 
I yeah. can't remember what how it comes out there. Like bless you or something. I don't remember I'm what it was. English, but all of a sudden I throw like a French phrase into what I'm saying. Like je ne sais quoi. Like, well, if it's already translating to French from your English and then you say a French word, what does it do? I, I think I remember it was, they got confused. I can't remember what language yeah, they always thought word? they were speaking. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, anyway, they're like, well, um, this is where Dal comes up with the idea. Like, well, if it's only going to affect Starfleet ships, why don't we just call non-Starfleet people for help? Do you have any allies? Do you have any friends? She's like, well, wait, maybe this is a good idea. <laughs> so, um, friends are all in the Delta Quadrant. Yeah, like my Brunali <laughs> friends are all in the Delta Quadrant, except those who escaped. Um, but yeah, let, let, let's try it out here. So then Gwyn takes the captain's chair. You're the, she said, you know, Dal's like, you're in command now, captain. A uh, bit of a moment here. And they get this Klingon woman on the phone and she's speaking Klingon, but then they kind of do this transition where, um, you know, they change it back to standard so we can understand what's being said. Uh, and she, you know, Klingon's like, why would I help you? And, you know, she's like, because the honorable thing to do, basically. <laughs> you're, uh, sure, that her speech wouldn't work on a Klingon. She's just like, because uh, the Federation's a place for a bunch of misfits like us can all find a home and that sort of thing. And Klingon would be like, I Most Klingons would not be swayed by this. <laughs> yeah, I thought about what a weird choice of person to reach out to. Like, <laughs> I was confused about that. Yeah, Remind them really... of all the things they don't like about the Federation. <laughs> Is that, they, they, they're they're the, um, the, the island of misfit toys. Here's a yeah. Christmas uh, re reference. Um, nice. Yeah, but you know, the fight, the, the battle here continuing. I was kind of surprised how long this was going on and how how these ships were not destroying each other faster. But yeah, you know, me, me too. I was like, are, are they on low setting for their phasers and, and torpedoes? But it's bad. It's not great. But it's I'm like this. The fact the fact that they have no shields means that this would be over even faster. Um, anyway. And then Klingon woman, I guess she's still trying to convince her here, right? Yeah. Janeway says, noble effort. <laughs> like that, didn't work. <laughs> that speech definitely didn't work on a Klingon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's no way that got through to them. Uh, and, and, and then uh, Gwyn and Dal hold hands here. There's kind of a, a moment. Uh, it's not a kiss, but it's a, you know, consolation prize. Consolation prize. <laughs> friend zone. Um, yeah. and, uh, and, you know, they're just watching this kind of go from bad to worse, uh, is it all hope seems lost. And, uh, we see here the defiance coming along. Oh man. Yeah. The defiance. She's a tough little ship. Can take it. Tough little ship. Um, Dauntless is taking, getting beat up hard here. And then they see that this Akira class here, uh, is about, is that Akira? I think it is, uh, is about to hit them with a torpedo. Yeah, we even see like yeah. the the torpedo magazine comes out here, and they're about brace for impact. But just at the moment, this Klingon comes out of nowhere right. and saves the day and uh, takes takes the hit, takes the torpedo. Whoever said there's not a Klingon around when you need one? Need one. Yeah, and uh, she comes up. I'm here to help, uh, and, and 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 brought friends too. So we see the Klingon bird of prey. Um, at first, it's the Klingon. She goes, Is that a Klingon bird of prey? And then the, the Vulcan, Vulcan ships. Vulcan, Vulcan. Um, the civilian ships. 
yeah, the Vulcan science ships and whatever. Uh, cool to see those. We had seen um, one of those also in Star Trek Lower Decks in Wajduj. Um, I don't know if it's the exact same class, but we know that they're still operating in this time. Um, in this format, the Ferengi show up. Was there Yay, a profit the in this? Yeah, and I, I, I just liked, I also liked here. He's like, oh, a Decora. Wow. That's what I, I would have like, said too, Jankum. Yeah, I was with you, Jankum. Um, yeah. Did I miss here? Does he say a Gorn ship shows up? Yeah, he does say, he does say a Gorn. Yeah, I don't know if I saw it or what. Are, are they there to eat people? I... <laughs> <laughs> this is some kind of ship here. I don't know what this is, but it looks like a, a civilian transport. It's he not calls a that something ship. else. Yeah, he, he he mentions what that is. Um, I think. Hey, he names off a few here. You're right, but it's, yeah. it's mostly Klingon ships and a few Vulcans uh, helping out here. And so they think that hey, the day is one. We're gonna make it through this. Um, but this keeps going and going. And this is where the USS Sovereign shows up. Uh, we, uh, as I mentioned earlier, and then it becomes infected as well. It wasn't here initially. It showed up uh, to answer the distress call, and then it's the Ferengi calling. to show up. I wonder. Maybe. I'm gonna do it for free. But one thing I did want to mention here about the Sovereign was the registry number. Uh, so, mm. I presume that it was once NX seven three eight one one because uh, much like the USS Excelsior was the first of the Excelsior class and it was NX two thousand, but then became NCC two thousand later on. Maybe um, a refit. Yeah, a refit of sorts. Anyway, that's just if you're into Starfleet registry numbers, that's for you. Then. I'm confused. Why? Why? Why didn't the SOS receiving the SOS? infect them because it only affects starfleet but no no what it, it, it came there because it heard the sos but yeah, it wasn't it, already infected so i guess the sos is not it should be infected when it shows up oh right right, but, right right yeah i think they did that for dramatic effect. maybe maybe they didn't get the sos and they just saw a big shenanigans happening on their sensors i guess you could Maybe they just maybe it wasn't the SOS. They just showed up for other reasons, or they yeah they 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 detected weapons fire, so they came to investigate, and maybe that was what it was. But yeah, it's not looking good. Uh, hope seems lost, and um, and and they're getting beat up pretty hard here. Everybody, even see here, yeah, this Klingon bird of prey. Is it? Did it? Know. Is it just being blown up, or is it actually because it looks like the front so it come off a little? No, it's they're dead. All those people are dead. <laughs> I I hate that. I'm sorry. That is one of my most like a thing in movies. A thing is when you call for help, and then they deliberately the only one that seems to be getting injured is the one who came to your aid. Yeah, almost. I swear, it's like almost like TV and movies is like don't ever help anybody because it's gonna cost you. <laughs> Yeah, this is the price. No good deed goes unpunished. Because um, yeah, why would the Klingon bird of prey get destroyed before the um, the, the they've destroyed each other? You know, that's kind of if, if they're taking fire, that makes sense because the bird birds of prey are way more brittle than Starfleet ships. They go down easy. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, and we see the defiant. And their engineers suck, so they don't stop yeah. things from blowing up once they start blowing up. 
they make bad engineers and bad doctors. Uh, here's yeah. we see here the centaur, the USS. We even get the we see here the, like cool. the US of the name. Yeah. It is the it is the, the Charlie Reynolds ship, the centaur. You know. Oh yeah, Charlie Reynolds. Don't forget yeah, about Charlie Reynolds. Swing for the fences. Yeah. Oh, and Charlie. <laughs> See the Defiant there, still with its NX um, registry code in comparison to the Sovereign. Um, so not an NCC. Um, yeah, and so this is kind of, they're kind of like, uh-oh. What now? Everyone's dying. All right, that's our cliffhanger, guys, for this um, for this first part. Tune in so, next week. Tune Same in next week. Trick. Same Trek time, same Trek channel. Yes. Uh, let's see if we can find any dis details to discover here beyond what we talked about. Uh, this episode oh, is. This episode features the appearance of several known starships, including the Defi USS Defiant, USS Enterprise E. Was it? I didn't know that. I didn't see the Enterprise. Was that was the E. One of those. Um, one of those classes was the E. Yeah. The USS Centaur. The first one we saw. The one that was all darkened out. That could have been the Enterprise. Yeah, the Enterprise E. Yeah. Um, and as well as the USS Thunderchild, uh, yeah, it also it it also introduces and canonizes the formerly presumptive Sovereign class prototype USS Sovereign, as mentioned. Um, the arrival of the Ferengi and Gorn ships for, to protect the Starfleet vessel indicates that as of 2384, the Ferengi Alliance and the Gorn Hegemony officially consider themselves allied to the Federation. Well, there's a comic book about that during the Dominion where they send Picard and to make peace with the Gorn. Oh, yeah? Uh, in Star Trek Online, the Gorn have been conquered by the Klingons and have become part of the Klingon Empire. Uh, oh, I like that, too. Yeah. Um, uh, Janeway is released from her holding cell by a former Brunari. It's not Brunali. It's Brunari. Brunali was the um, was the was Echep's race. Which right. also was like a weird nose looking alien species. That's just kind of like the Goshi, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, we'll call we'll call Early them a, Voyager. We'll <laughs> give them a weird nose and we'll call them Brunaki or something. And uh, you know, that will be that. So because we'll never see this alien again, probably. Um yeah, she was she saved from the Devore in Star Trek episode Counterpoint, as mentioned one of Davin's favorite episodes. Episode. Um, that's some cool facts and some interesting things. Of course, the death of the Diviner in this episode is also a big one. Uh, let's get into our ratings and see how much did we really like this episode? Mm. Uh, progeny. progeny. Uh, My progeny. Oh, excuse me while I... Actually, I have to um, add this to a row in the spreadsheet. Uh, who wants to watch Dave do a spreadsheet? Okay. Supernova. Oh, you might? Sure. All right. It must be excellent feeling. It excellent. is. Excellent. Okay. Supernova part one. Um, <sighs> what do you give this without seeing part two? I, I have highs and lows for me. Like, I'm tugging. I like the teamwork. I like to see how far they've come, but like, also kind of certain annoying parts. I don't know. I just. Uh, like I don't like the diviner storyline. That's kind of pulling it down for me. But yeah, I'm going seven and a half. I didn't love it, so uh, it's okay. It's serviceable. Davin, do you have a rating? I'm gonna give it a nine. I loved all the ships. <laughs> um, yeah, 
I love, I love the, the callback to Counterpoint. Those yeah. all bump it up to a nine for me. All right. And Jessica? Uh, I guess I guess a seven and a half. I liked the teamwork scene. That was good. I think that bumps it back up. I would have given it a seven just because. And that's only because, I don't know, I'm being harsh in the context of the show because I feel like they've been so good. I, I just feel like they've been so efficient with the writing to this point. And then the Diviner storyline just seemed really sloppily ended. But they had been doing such a good job. So, like, that's why I was really disappointed because I felt like they, that was kind of a letdown. Currently has a 9.3 rating on IMDb with 38 votes. Wow. Uh, so nice. the audience is seemingly liking it. Uh, the ships in the counterpoint. <laughs> the ships. More ships. ships. All ships. More ships. Maybe, maybe that's enough. Like, I liked seeing the ships too, but I was also, you know, the storyline was okay, but I felt like there'd be more. It was just a lot that was sloppy. Like, Essencia being able to call so many shots just didn't make sense. Like, I don't know. It just, uh. Didn't you guys think, uh, though, that we were never going to see the living construct do anything nearly this crazy? So, like, I thought we were going to go through, like, a season or two, and they were going to finally figure out a way for the, the living construct to never really do anything. And boy, does it ever. <laughs> yeah, I just, I guess, I, I don't know. The other thing for me is just, like, I'm like, but all those people. <laughs> like, whatever conclusion comes next, like, in reality, probably thousands of people have died. So, I don't know. If, you can't really back. call it a win. All those yeah, and I know those Klingons like uh, <laughs> against Klingon nature came to help, and they just got blown up for it. Maybe a few of them may do. Oh, that's them. glorious death. I They're guess in Stovokor. They're they in Stovokor. Your pity, bringing <laughs> honor yeah. to them. They brought honor to themselves by by, by exactly. defending these Federation Pataks who couldn't, you know, figure out computers. <laughs> their families are better for their death. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I just, uh, I hate that. It's one of my things I hate. Every horror movie when like a good Samaritan pops out and be like, I'm going to help you young person. And then they just get stabbed through the heart. I'm like, oh, come on. That yeah. Uh, that would be my greatest, greatest honor. Um, just greatest honor. Oh, that would be my greatest honor, sir. Uh, besides dying in battle, that would be my greatest, greatest honor. That is not a death worthy of Stobacor. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, guys, um, so we'll wrap up for tonight. We'll be back in a week. Uh, I guess that will be December 29th. Uh, so not quite into the new year. So we will finish the season in 2022. Um, and, uh, you know, and we, in between we have Christmas and Boxing Day and, and all of these great holidays. Uh, mm. And a snowstorm, perhaps. Snowmageddon coming to Ontario, if you hadn't heard, uh, Davin. So. Oh my, Snowmageddon, you say? It, do it doesn't even sound like Snowmageddon. It's more like, I don't know, they're just throwing everything they've got at us. Here's some ice. Here's, here's some, some wind. Here's some hurricane winds. Here's some snow, maybe. Yeah, uh, my Christmas uh, party I got canceled tomorrow night. So. I do not yeah. envy your Snowmageddon. Yeah, so schools are canceled uh, like preemptively. That's just how important this is. Just, uh, yeah, yeah. My daughter's school got canceled, so missing out on the party with uh, making cookies with my my family. So, New plan. Oh. Right. They're, they're snowmageddon. So they're 
they're doing all right. But uh, yeah, like it was just, it's been all over the news all day today. So I'm like, this so, better be epic. This better be one to remember. I hope not. <laughs> I still want to have Christmas on Sunday. So I hope it recovers quickly. But we just seem to be surprised every time we get snow here. Yeah. What? I, was huh? looking, I was looking at the map and it was like, it's basically, basically affecting everywhere more so than where I live. Uh, it's like affecting like north, like you know, more up in Kitchener and like in Wirecrafting, even down in like Niagara Falls. But where I am, yeah. so we'll see. Um, but uh, yeah, that that that's that's a little fun thing to to note here. So so we're about to get attacked like all that Starfleet <laughs> ships <laughs> facing our own. Uh... You're more likely to see him. Prodigy Harry, who are we more likely to see in Prodigy, Harry Kim or Neelix? Is the question from Sam. Oh, I hope I'm not. Neelix. Harry Kim. No Neelix. You'd be surprised no. if we don't see Harry Kim. In fact, I think we're more likely to see Harry Kim. Uh, I don't need more Neelix. I've had my fill of Neelix. So, I I um, can't. I just as a kid, the whole Tess Neelix thing sat so icky with me that I just easy. never got over it. And he always gave me the, like the creepiest vibes watching it as a kid. I was just like, ugh, I can't trust him. He's so gross. Yeah. Super jealous too all the time. Yeah. All I can say is, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it does have some good episodes, but there was. I couldn't get past that. I couldn't get past the the, the, the I, cast stuff. Once Cast leaves the show, it gets better because it's it's more in the rear view. But yeah, it's weird. Um. So it didn't really didn't really work. Uh, anyway, so will Garrett Wong do it? I think he'd do it. Yeah, I, don't, I think Garrett sure he would. Hundred percent, yeah. he would. He's probably yeah. sent them letters. <laughs> yeah, he's been in Star Trek Online. Check out Garrett Wong over there now. Captain Harry Kim of the Rhode Island. You can see him on TikTok right now. His he, his wife keeps picking on him. <laughs> Tom Paris yeah. has become a captain also in Star Trek Online. Captain of the uh, what's his ship called? I'm trying to remember, but. Uh, <laughs> I feel like they should have all automatically got uh, promoted for for what like man all like everything they went through. I feel like that it deserves a, a promotion. So well, yeah. And so in in the Star Trek uh, Voyager novels, which are you know non canonical, but uh, everyone got like promoted to levels and rank. So like you know, so Chakotay becomes captain. I think Tom Barris becomes his first officer, and there's some other stuff they did, but. How much That's of that fair. counts doesn't isn't quite clear. And then we saw when we saw Tom Paris in Star Trek Lower Decks, I think he was now a lieutenant, a full lieutenant, because yeah, he's a lieutenant because he is in that comic book we're reading too, and that that's all yeah. canon stuff. And he had been like, but, but, but for like for six months, he was demoted to ensign, you know, and like it was always kind of like everything with Tom Paris because when he starts off on the show, he's not he's a convicted criminal. And he's not even allowed to, but they put him in a Starfleet uniform as an as an observer. So it's um, there's some weird things going on with Tom Paris. I digress. Anyway, let's get out of here. Um, so Star Trek uh, is what we do here on Live Long and Podcast. If you didn't tell him, he's a good cat and a pretty he's a good cat. cat and a pretty cat. Oh, yeah. Spot. <laughs> yeah, he's a boy. boy. What a boy. Like a hey, spot. Like what's his name? Anyway. That's Miles. He's named after Miles O'Brien. Miles, the greatest Starfleet officer in the history. Of Starfleet. Yep, the great, most important man in Starfleet history. Yeah. 
Live Long and Podcast sure. is our, our great uh, network here where we talk about all kinds of Star Trek. Uh, we have our command division, which is what you're watching tonight, which is episode reviews. But we also have our operations division, which is our gold division. That's stuff like Star Trek Radio Theater, which we just recorded uh, one on Friday, December 16th, uh, one week ago, almost one week ago. Uh, Davin and I and Jessica were all in it and, and more of the, of the group. Uh, doing different voices, an edited version to follow. Uh, we also have our writer's room in the operations division where we come up with different... It'll come back one day. ...episode one ideas. Day. We, we've done one of those, so check that out. Uh, and we also have our science division, which talks about... Uh, we have our debates and our trivia. We launch probes. And we launch probes into different places. You have to find out in where they go. Places. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. yeah. We oh, collect boy. data <laughs> with these probes. The locutors And then we track. talk about it. Which is our fourth division, which is our um, mm. our long we, our know, bigger tail questions, our our uh, like yeah. our longer discussions and the long form. Yeah, we're our, that's our long form <laughs> the Star yeah, Trek discussions and the Trekkle Trump, where we and the Trekkle Trump, yeah, where we and, talk uh, with comic books and different different things. I'll play toys. with these toys sometimes. That's a good yeah. suggestion by Sam. Actually, I like Ooh. that, Davin. You should do that. Write a Star What's Trek that? Christmas special. <laughs> Maybe I will do that. <laughs> that would be that would be fun. That would be yeah. uh, never been done. That is a good idea, thing. Yeah, because uh, yes, yeah, Star Trek has been not very Christmassy in its history. But it'll be a lower decks episode. Well, that'd be good. I like that too. Uh, of course, and then beyond that, guys, we have the United Federation of Podcasts, a network of podcasts which has all kinds of great stuff. Like on tomorrow, KBBBL. Uh, our Simpsons podcast with Davin yeah. and Francis and Baker. The extra B is for B-Y-O-B-B. Uh, tomorrow's episode is Bart the General, where uh, he yes. takes on the... You're joining us for that? I might be, uh, now that my holiday party got canceled. So, um, yeah. Like, I, 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 I always love that episode because, especially the line where... The, who's the guy with the one arm that runs the, like, the army? Herman. Story? Herman, where he's like, we got these plans from the Franco-Prussian War. And it's like, I was just like, it's such a weird reference, but like, it's always uh, oh, how many what? men do you have? But it's like, none, sir. He's like, you'll need more, you'll need more <laughs> than none. <laughs> so that's going on tomorrow night, of course. Uh, there's the Super Mater Brothers podcasting. We are brothers. <laughs> Coverage of uh, season 43 of Survivor. Uh, did all of those 13 episodes with Jamil and Jeff and Foster. Check out that. Plus, uh, next week, I think on Tuesday, we're going to be starting our uh, Mary Mater Marvel Society. Or I, I, I sometimes get that. That's right. I did get it right that time. Uh, we're going to be yep. doing a year-end review, a MCU. We're going to be talking about Black Panther and uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special and Thor, Love and Thunder, and whatever else hell happened came out this year because we didn't keep up with it. We think Jamil might be joining us for that. Hoping he will next Tuesday. Um, and, uh, and and then more in the, part, in the network. Uh, the yeah, Black Panther 2, I saw today. I cried like four times. I can't. I can't. I have... It's so hard. They're so long. I can't get babysitting for that long to see these movies. It took me until today for that same reason. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, yeah. I had to go by myself in the middle of the day. I, I thought of that, but the problem is like, I have to pick up my daughter at three before we had the other baby. But like, the earliest showings are like noon. And like with Marvel movies, <laughs> they go this past three o'clock. Like almost three hours. Oh my God. Well, plus like 20 minutes, 20 minutes of previews and oh, they were long. Uh, yeah. 
it was driving me nuts. Yeah. Sometimes he's not even working until 10 minutes after it starts. Yeah. The Avatar went alone it was, forever. Yeah. Uh, and then I was like, I, I think I saw the Avatar trailer when I went to go see um, Black Panther. And that's all. They're fighting fish people who are blue. Yeah. So um, anyway, it's kind of. It's kind of uh, anyway, X-rated the X-Men the animated review show, uh, which just yeah. had a, great, a huge interview with uh, Allison Seeley Smith, the voice of Storm. Uh, but two yeah, it was great, Ooh, very great, really enjoyable. And you're you're covering every episode of that show uh, into season. Taking four. a week off. You're up, yeah. As is uh, our some of our other Star Trek podcasts, uh, taking a week off. Um, but yeah, and then the Graphics History podcast with Andre Mayette. Uh, where he interviews different people, like people from the film industry, people from the graphic novels, and uh, different writers. Uh, so check all that out. Hold up, a movie podcast oh, yeah. with Gavin and Murphy uh, just released this Christmas episode. Finally, the copyright issues were um, figured out. So Gremlins, <laughs> probably Gremlins. the most controversial podcast in the Empire. Yes. <laughs> I, I I do find it funny he had so many problems because like that's my family. Uh, whenever something goes wrong in the house or something goes missing, we always go, what's the gremlins? <laughs> so the gremlins. that tracks with the uh, having problems uploading. Yeah, gremlins in the gremlins. gremlins. Uh, and lastly, we have uh, Trivial Debates, a monthly show. We argue about movies, TV, sports, and more. We just did a, our most recent one on December 17th. Uh, it was a Christmas theme. I was host. Davin was competing along with Max and Sterling. Uh, it was really fun. We talked about what's like the most timeless Star Trek movie that's going to last, endure, and What's this was uh, movie he meant to say, but you know, yeah, yeah, it was you got to see the episode to know it all, but check that out. Uh, and we're gonna be doing another one, season six kicking off in January. We're gonna have a uh, Jamil hosting that one. We're gonna be doing a reality TV show theme, talk about Survivor, Big Brother, all those things you love, Sam. That we're gonna have a trivial debate dedicated to all that, so uh, <laughs> getting Foster involved. So that's gonna be a lot of fun. Hoping to get maybe get Tiffany involved. We're opening negotiations, so um. To, to see if we can secure that. So anyway, that's uh, all of the different podcasts in the Federation, if I haven't missed anything. Oh, no, I guess I did miss something. I missed the, the biggest one. Hold the Hellbound podcast, a horror movie Woo! podcast. Um, uh, with uh, Alex Blackburn, Michael Chan, uh, usually on Wednesdays, uh, where they talk about different horror movies and shows and, and interview directors. So that was, uh, that's, that's great. Uh, all, all of our shows heading into 2023, guys, but we still got one left here on Prodigy before we get there. So, anyway, anyway, so we'll we'll leave you here on a quote, um, a speech I pulled. Uh, it's a little bit long, but I think it's a fun one. Uh, and we'll see you next time for Supernova Part Two and to finish up this season of Star Trek Prodigy. Prodigy. All right. See you next time, everyone. Thanks to uh, Jessica and Davin and Michael and Bye. Sam in the comments and everybody else watching. See you next time. Merry Christmas. Because in the infinite of space, everyone needs to know there is a place out there willing to accept us all, no matter how different we think we are. Without Starfleet, the Federation crumbles, and that dream dies with it. If they've ever helped you as they've helped us, then hear my words. Allies, civilians, outsiders, anyone, Starfleet needs you now, or it will not survive.